knowledge about hunger. Um, so I'm going to be like, I'm going to do a continuation of what Johnny was preaching up here while he was leading worship. Um, and that, like, worship was so beautiful. And like, to God, that's like a sweet aroma. It goes up before and he smells that. And he just wants you, all of you, to know today that he is well pleased with your worship and that he is proud of you. Um, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to read a verse and then you're free to go. Um, turn to Psalm 73, 26. Psalm 73, 26. Before the service, uh, Mario, I'm uh, not Mario, sorry, <laughs> um, Danny, Meryl, and I we were talking, and uh, this is the first time I'm preaching Mary, so I'm going to be doing a lot of this. <laughs> and I might even hold a mic like this. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's just an honor to be up here. Um, Mario asked me to give word, I think, like last week. And uh, I think this is actually the first Sunday that I do here. Um, and man, I, you know, planning away is <laughs> very time consuming and it's amazing. And if I could do it over again, I would. Um, but I had been like feeling like a little dry, you know. And then uh, we went to Jesus Culture. And a conference that I just received and received and received, and I didn't have to worry about anything and just receive it. And there, there was like a calling where, where one of the pastors there that was preaching said, um, remain seated and we're going to play worship, but don't stand up until you realize what God is calling you to. And not everybody stood up, that's okay. But I have this knack that like where when I get asked to preach, like I'll get into it so I can deliver the message. And this time it was a little different. I feel like God's been like building me up and building up, building up in me. But this time I'm not gonna do the what I normally do, it's like I come up and then it's like preaching and then it sort of like levels off again. On that day, the world of worship was praying and I was just like in the spirit, much like today. Just being consumed by God. It was July 18th, and I told God, I'm standing up and I'm not going to sit back down. And I told Him that I would be hungry for Him. And I think from that moment, God has been setting up this preaching. And so I just want to let you know where this preaching is coming from. It's coming from something very personal. Um, so, Psalm 73 26. Let's read it. Whom am I, whom have I in heaven but you? And the earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Thank you.
wins. <laughs> so, reading this verse, um, one of the first things that comes out to my mind is that David here is, uh, obviously is crying out to God, he's in prayer with God, he's in worship with God, and he cries out to God and he says, you are my portion forever. He says, you are my desire forever. And I was thinking about that verse and just like soaking it in, and one of the things that came to my mind is, it says that God holds the universe in his hands, right? So you can imagine how big God is. Like I want, close your eyes, close your eyes. I want you to think about this for a second. Like I really want this to like penetrate into your hearts and into your mind. And when you leave here today, I want you to leave with it. And I want you to go home with that fire. Unofficially, atmosphere begins today. <laughs> because I want you to prepare for it. I want you to get ready. And then after atmosphere comes the retreat a couple months later, and we're going to keep it going. Amen. So, with your eyes closed, I want you to think about this. God holds the universe in his hands. Think about how big God must be if he can hold the universe in his hands. Okay. And it says that that God is your portion forever. Portion is like size, right? Or if I can use the word desire interchangeably here. That God is our desire. So think about how huge now our desire is. And our hunger is. Because when you use the word portion, right, you talk about food. Like they tell you, um, I remember when I got sick, they told me to eat small portions and continuously, right? So... Portion has a lot to do with size, and if He, God, is our desire, then think about how big He is. Think about how big and hungry you really are. Think about your desire. And on Friday, I went out to lunch um, with my coworker. I did it. I went out to lunch with my coworker. Um, I, I had been battling this fear because um, I got really sick in my stomach like a couple years ago, and I started to get. I got this really silly fear um, that whenever I would go out and eat, I would get sick, because I was actually getting sick, and then I found out what I had, then I took like 13 pills a day for like two weeks, and it was terrible. Um, and I just, sometimes I would get like attacked where I would feel like fear, and because of that, I felt like I never could go out and eat with like anybody, because I was just afraid, like I'm just being real with you guys. And so this Friday, we went out to go eat with my friend, um, who's actually a Christian, and he was telling me things, and he told me, he's from Mexico, he came here, he went to his church, and just sat there, he says he just started crying. And his church is uh, predominantly white. And so they invited him to come to a Bible study. Um, and so he went, and he thought, I barely speak English. He, he said that he was standing outside of the house, literally for five minutes of the Bible study. That he didn't want to go inside because he was worried that he wasn't going to be accepted. He says he was standing there, he was pacing back and forth, and um, he says that a friend, now his friend comes and he's from Italy. And the guy hugged him, he's like, hey brother, like, I love you, come here, come inside, come inside. And so he says that he has never, that was the first time he ever felt accepted. You know, and when he told me that, that hit me, and I was like, man, I, I told him, I go, 
you know what? God is like our desire. Like our desire is huge because he is huge. Whether we're aware of it or not, we talk about awareness, right? And so we got to put our awareness sometimes in how huge our hunger really is. And along with that desire, along with that hunger comes a need and a want to want to belong to something. And so like my friend's story, he felt like he finally belonged somewhere and he was accepted. And and I'm not saying that you put people in the place of God because it's impossible for any of us to fill that need. But what I'm saying is that along with that desire comes the want to belong somewhere. And so when you think of the size of God, you think the size of our hunger, you think that that we all have this. We all, every human, whether you're Christian or not, whether you believe or not, you want to belong to something, you want to fit into something. I remember in a sociology class, they told us that we belong to over 66 or 100 social groups, right? Like to give you an example, I'm a son, I'm a husband now, uh, um, I'm a, a worship leader, like our worship leader says, and um, I'm an employee, I was a student once, I'm a brother, um, I'm an older brother. There's so many things that you are, right? And so the one important thing that David says here in this verse, it says, Who have I in heaven but you? And earth and nothing, uh, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. And then this is something really key that as I go through this preaching, I want preaching, I want you to understand that I'm not talking about like earning your salvation. I'm not talking about um, like performance or anything like that. Because remember who who David was? David sent a man to be killed. David adultered. But look at how quickly David how how David doesn't do the whole like the whole guilt and shame thing. He does. He says, "My flesh and my heart may fail, but that's not where my focus is. God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever." So your hunger is not to be a hunger where you come before him and you do the whole, like, I'm so terrible. That's not worship. That doesn't require faith. What, what hunger is, is, is you come before God. You come before a very big God. And you say, I want more. I hunger for you, God. And so the focus of hunger is probably my first point. My focus, the focus of hunger is God. And it's always God. It's not the self. The other component of hunger is when you when you're when you're hungry, you start imagining things, right? Like some of you guys are probably hungry right now. You're thinking, I'm gonna go eat a juicy Western bacon cheeseburger, or I'm gonna go eat some chicken nuggets, or I'm gonna go eat some fish for the non-meat eaters. Um, so when you get hungry, you start dreaming, right? You get hungry, you start imagining things, you start to conjure up these thoughts and these ideas. And with a very big God that we have, it's overwhelming almost, right? Like this worship service today, overwhelming. Like it was just, it's a, it was amazing. And I was overwhelmed and just like receiving everything that was happening. And so when you're hungry for God, it's like, it's huge. It's it's massive. And so what it does is it makes your dreams big, right? And Meryl said this in a cool quote um, in her video for Atmosphere. She said that when you dream, expand your territory. Because God is so big and so loving that, you know, dream big, right? Have you guys seen the movie Inception? Have you guys seen Inception? Okay. I don't know if you know this part, but 
obviously Inception is like they're within a dream, within a dream, and they're being attacked, and this one guy comes out with a gun, and then this other guy comes out and he's like, you must learn to dream bigger, darling. And he comes out with like a huge gun, right? And then he starts like blowing people up. That's kind of like what it is in the kingdom of heaven, except we're not really blowing anybody up. <laughs> um, you're dreaming because God is so big that he can sustain and provide the grace for what you need. Amen. And for what you desire. That's right. And so, when you hunger, you start to have visions and you start to have dreams. And I remind you of Solomon, David's son. Now, Solomon had a dream where God appeared and asked him, what do you want? What do you desire? And so Solomon goes and he says, I think it's in 2 Kings, he says, I'm but a child. I do not know where to go, how to come in, or how to go out. In other words, in other words, I'm, I'm, I'm a little one. I'm in need of you. Like, if you're not with me on this thing, like, I want to do it and I won't be able to do it. Like, I need you in this. Like, I need you in order for me to complete my goals, my visions, my plans. I need you so they can provide the grace and favor to prosper my desires. And so Solomon asks God for wisdom. And God says, I'll give you wisdom and I'll give you everything else. And that's beautiful because God comes to us and he says, what do you want? And so, in this walk, like I said, after that um, conference, I've been uh, heeding the advice of our pastor and going for walks in the morning before work. And um, Meryl wakes up when she was working. Um, she wakes up really early and leaves at 7. And normally, I'd be waking up like at 7.30 to go to work. <laughs> so I have to wake up earlier now. And, um, which is a good thing. Um, God works out. God works all things out for your good. Um, so I would go on walks. I've been going on walks, and we live in Long Beach, and so what I've been doing is I'll worship before I walk out, and I'll just walk out, and I'm just walking. And like the first couple of days, I was praying for the atmosphere, I was praying for families, I was praying for individuals who live there, I was praying for things, and, and, and not surprisingly, but like God starts speaking to you. And he starts telling me what to pray for. He like highlighted a house to me. It has like these green frames on the window. The house number is 3909, I think. And um, I just stood there and was just like praying over it. Um, and then I kept walking. I walked by schools and, and just prayed. And it's like something that you would tell a normal person who's not a believer and they'd be like, dude, you're crazy. What are you doing? Right? Um, but I believe that that has power because. Before we got married, before we moved there, um, we were doing something how Danny did today, where Jesse uh, ministered to us, the worship team. He told us to get comfortable, close our eyes, and ask God to show you something. And what I saw was this uh, old ranch that Meryl and I had visited in Long Beach. And there's a giant tree there, like it's huge. And like, I love big trees. I, I love when stuff is bigger than me, because it's cool, you know? Like, like normally stuff is smaller than me, like the sink, I have to like wash my hands like this. Like, like you can ask Meryl my family, this is how I brush my teeth. I think when I wash dishes, I have a bad habit to like wash like this. Like nothing is made for me. And so when I see anything that's like really big, I get excited. And so I saw the tree and I was like, this tree looks like the trees in Jurassic Park, man. Like I love dinosaurs too. And so like, like, <laughs> like, what if, it'd be cool if we found some like eggs here, like snatch them up, and not tell them. But 
I mean, I remember her, I told her, I was like, go there and I take a picture of you. And, like, she started running and I took a picture of her. And that house was, I think it's one of the oldest houses in Long Beach, in Big Hills, in the area that we live. And, um, and, and that was what God showed me in that vision. But in that, in that vision, on the other side of the tree was this giant waterfall. This giant waterfall. And I was just like, this is awesome. Why are you showing me Long Beach? And he was like, because I'm giving it to you. And so I was like, so we're going to live in Long Beach? Because <laughs> at that time we still had decided where we were going to live. And so I started testifying about it. And like as I'm testifying about it here with, uh, with the worship team, like I start crying. I can feel God's presence and Meryl can too. And lo and behold, we live in Bixby Mills, um, which is like confirmation. So, so I've been going out for walks. I've been telling God to like show me like visions, show me things, you know. And so I'll share two stories. Um, uh, I was driving to work one day. Oh, I was driving home actually. And if you've ever driven home, uh, driven towards San Diego or Orange County on the 405, um, I think it's right after you pass the 110. There's this sign that says uh, scales. Um, I think it's for big semi trucks to go in there and get weighed. Um, but this time I was sitting in traffic on the 405, God bless that freeway, and the sign said, scales closed. And I was, what popped into my head was, remember those really old scales? Those like, I, I, I think they're, to me they look gold. It's like on a tier like this. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. When I saw that, God spoke to me and he said, see, you used to be in debt. Sin was like here, and you were like up here, and that means, that meant that you had debt, right? That you owed a lot. But then Jesus came, and he sat on the scale, and broke it. And so he took sin away, and now the scales are closed. So now there's no more condemnation. There's no more judgment over your life. Sin no longer has power, and you're no longer in debt. Amen. And so that was just from seeing a sign that said, scales closed. <laughs> then the other day I was driving to work, and uh, Another semi-truck, uh, or a semi-truck had this sign on it. It's like the recycling symbols, three arrows, right, going in a circle. And it said, uh, total, what did it say? It said total, it said total distribution. And when I saw that, God told me, heaven is open and you have total distribution from it. And I was like, wow, God. And he's like, yeah, he's like, look at it this way. There's God, there's you, and there's the world. And God releases blessings over your life. And as you hunger for more, He gives you more. And then you release it to the world. And that's a form of worship that then rises back up to the Father. Amen. It's a continuous thing. It's a continuous thing of this hunger for God. And so, I... I've been doing these things and I've just been like learning and learning from God and just like hungering and, and you can ask Meryl, like I've been like non-stop talking about it and I would always go like, does it make sense? You know, and she's like, yes it does. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to say it. Um, so it's, it's her fault if it doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, you know, and so when you're hungry, like when you're hungry, you don't gotta tell people that you're hungry. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Like, when you're hungry, you don't gotta tell nobody. Okay, I've been in meetings at work. We have meetings sometimes from like 11 to like 3 o'clock. And I haven't eaten lunch. 
And my stomach is like, and I'm like, and then the, the supervisor is like talking and talking and talking, and I'm just like, I'm like trying to produce a life so I could at least swallow <laughs> That's really gross. I can't believe I said that. And then there's sometimes when you're like really hungry, right? Start making your lunch, you know, you start producing. Like what I used to like to do when I was living with my mom and I would get really hungry. And if we had like sausages, like I would like fry those up, make an over easy egg, put some uh, cheese on it, put some like mayonnaise and mustard on it, and bread in a sandwich, and eat that up with some sun kids, right? And sometimes, if for you older uh, brothers and sisters, you get really hungry, you start preparing a meal, right? And then here comes your little sibling, I'm hungry. So, okay, well here you go, you eat it. And you just walk away and you're like, <laughs> right? It's the same way in the kingdom of heaven. Let's go to Proverbs 13, 22. I'll tell you what I mean. Proverbs 13, 22. So this is the thing about hunger. When you hunger for God, it doesn't necessarily mean that He's going to He's going to answer, but he might not always answer you. So Proverbs 13.22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That's the only part of the verse I want to focus on. It says, A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. There are times that you will be hungering for dreams, that you will be hungering for things, and you might not see them come to fruition, but your kids and your kids' kids will see them. If you want a good example of that, most of us, I think, here um, are from immigrant parents. Like, look at their struggle and what they had to go through so that we can have the opportunity and blessing that they didn't have. You know, they came here, my dad came here when he was 18, my mom came here when she was 8. She didn't speak the language, she had to take buses to school and stuff like that. And, and my dad came here, he, he told, told me that he literally walked across the border. And um, he lived here, he like worked at night, like they got this beautiful blessing in me that I was born. And, and so like, like little three month Kevin didn't have to wake up at like four, three in the morning to go to work, but his dad did. And because he did that, I got to go to college and I got to graduate and I got to start my career. And because he did that, and because I did that, my kids are going to get to go to university. We were talking with Mary yesterday. We were like, our boy is going to be a baseball player. Okay. Because you think about the height, it's going to average out a little bit, right? It's still going to be tall, right? But like, Mary used to play badminton, like, you know, and then I sucked at baseball, but she has good hand eye coordination, and I can run really fast. That's about all I can do athletically. And so, so in baseball, it's not really that athletic. I mean, come on, you just need good hand-eye coordination, and you could run quick, so you can be a baseball player. No. Funny story. <laughs> Funny story. One time, during a baseball game, and my mom's here, and I'm very sick mom. Um, 
I was out in that field, right? And I was afraid of the ball. I've always been like this like scary cat little kid on the wall. And so I was out in that field and like they hit the ball and I was like, dang it, that's come to me, man. And so like I raise up my glove and like the ball comes and I'm just like and then I just go this. Some type of love from like somewhere, right? Like, my face! And my mom gets up in the full bleachers. Everybody has a glove! Use it! I was like, okay, I tried. I love you, mom. But see, the thing is, when, when, when you're hungry for God, it brings fruit into your life, and it brings Amen. fruit into other people's lives. Amen. Honestly, like, like when you're hungry for God, you don't have to tell people. You can see it on your face. You can see it in the way you smile. You can see it in the way the atmosphere changes when you walk into the room. You can see it in the way by the way you greet people, by the way you like say hi to people. Nobody says good morning anymore, man. Like, we, Mary and I went walking today, and like the guy who lives upstairs. He comes, he comes, and I'm just like, he first he walked by me, and then I was like stretching, and then I was like, okay, I'll get you when you come back. And so, but he like looked at me, just like looked down and kept going. And so then he comes back, and I'm like, hey man, like I'm Kevin, like good morning. And he's like, oh, uh, my name's God, uh, nice to meet you. And I was like, cool. He's like, I live upstairs. And I'm like, oh, cool, I live right here. And he was like, uh, yeah. And then he just like took off. And I'm like, why are people so afraid to like talk to other people? You know? And so, when you're hungry, you change the atmosphere everywhere you go. Like, I encourage you, go for walks or take little breaks at work or even in your own home, like, where, whatever home you come from. Like, just believe that God is so on you and that you just get into the prayer room and ask for more and believe that He's going to change the atmosphere. Amen? Amen? And so, hunger, when you hunger for God, like I just uh, said, it... it, it, it affects other people, it just doesn't affect you, it affects other people. And it affects generations, and it affects the congregation. Man, you guys today came hungry to worship, like all of y'all. And like, I was just standing there, and I felt like I was standing underneath the waterfall. Like, I almost, I thought, okay, I'm gonna open my eyes, and I'm all I'm gonna see is the floor, because I'm about to like fall face first. And I probably should've. But, it was just so beautiful, and so, when you get hungry, like, you get this, like, I don't know, like, for me, I don't know, this is the way I get, like, I get hungry, and I'm like, God, I want more. I desire to see you in my city. I believe you for my city. I believe that you can invade this place. I pray for the leaders of the city. I pray for the teachers of this city. I pray for the families of this city, God. I pray for matrimonies in this city, God. And you get hungry and you start looking for darkness for God to devour. And that's what, that's what hunger does. And so, and then if you want more, then keep hungry. <laughs> keep hungry. Because in the world, you eat to satisfy your hunger. But in the kingdom, you eat to get hungrier. See, in this Christian walk, we have to live full because we are full. Because God gave us everything. But we have to live as well in the position of God, I need you. I need you. Like, I desire you. 
And so, and it, you have to eat, right? Because the Holy Spirit is not going to force feed you. He's not going to override your will, so to speak. You have to get before Him. And so, the truth is, you have options. And hunger is most powerful when, when amidst all your options, you pick Jesus. Because this awesome quote that John Gray said at Jesus Culture, he said, do you realize that nobody is higher than God? So God can't give anybody worship. That's why he created us, so that we can give him worship. We can give God something that he can't give himself. Like, think about that. There's something that you can give God that he can't give himself. And that's worship. Amen. And that's honor. And that's praise. Amen. And so in this world, we have like so much technology. I'm not saying any of this stuff is bad. Um, but when you, when you choose Jesus, it's powerful, man. Like talking, I'm just going to have a bunch of marriage stories now. Um, <laughs> like talking to Mary before we got married, I was telling her like, you know, I love you and like, I'm so in love with you. But we were, we were, we were, we were talking about like love, right? And getting married. And I said, it's powerful when you choose the individual. You know, when, when you choose the person, like I choose you, that's powerful. There's like two billion people on this earth and out of two billion people, I choose you. And that's powerful. So when you do that with God, you say like, out of all the things I could be doing right now, I choose you. Yeah. And so then you hunger for God and you just get before him. And, and even if you don't know how to pray, like you can ask him how to pray, which leads me to my next, next topic. In, I think it's in Matthew, it's six or five, I think. The disciples come to Christ and they ask him, how should we pray? And Jesus says, he basically tells them to our Father, right? Our Father who art in heaven. He tells them, don't babble on like the hypocrites do because they think because of their many words they are heard. Because your Father in heaven knows what you need. The very next chapter, <laughs> he says, ask, seek, and knock for what you want. So, your needs, it's like your needs are like taken care of, right? And there obviously are times when your needs become wants. But the thing is, like, we have this wealth in Christ that God wants you to be at, so at peace and so at rest in Him that you would have wants. And for those wants, He wants you to ask, seek, and knock. And the thing about those words are that they're verbs. So they're action words. So they means that you get before God in the quiet and in intimacy and you just pray and you talk and you encounter His presence and you invite Holy Spirit to come just like He is now and then He's always there with you, of course, but you ask, you seek, and you knock. And so, again, what I'm not saying is, I'm not saying you get before Him and you say, like, I'm guilty and I'm so bad, like, no, no, you get before Him and you say, I desire this, God. I desire this for my family. I desire for this person to be saved. God, I desire for you to come and invade my job, my city. God, I desire a raise. Uh, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're dreaming, whatever it is that you're believing for, 
right? Um, I think last year I shared a word that was from a verse, um, a verse that says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So God wants you to have hope, always, because when that dream becomes a reality, or when that hope becomes a reality, you are then, it's like you own that thing, you own that struggle, and you can walk people through that, and you can minister to people. And so what I'm saying is that hunger isn't this whole thing of like performance and like things like that. In fact, it's actually the opposite. Hunger means surrender. Amen. Hunger means I believe you, Jesus, above all else. No matter what I see, no matter what I'm going through, God, I surrender. I choose to take this issue out of my hands and put it into yours and believe. And I'm willing to even lay it at your hand, at your feet, Jesus, and worship you and have peace and have encounters with you. And so, more story time. <laughs> through this uh, last couple of uh, months, and I'm almost done. Through these last couple of uh, weeks, actually I should say, in this hunger um, that I've been experiencing with God, or that I've been coming to Him with, um, He's reminded me like, of a lot of things, of how He's used me. Like how Danny said it before Him, right? It's, it's not us, it's the Holy Spirit. Right, but he still chose to partner with us and use us. And I honored Ponch's life because on Friday he gave a solid word. Like it was so good, so good, Ponch. <laughs> and and um, and he did it in Spanish too, which was great. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, and he was talking about power is in the mouth, right? And power in the tongue. And as he was preaching, he told us, close your eyes and think of all the things that have been said to you, right? And since most of you weren't here, <laughs> I'm outing you guys. Um, close your eyes, close your eyes. Think of all the things that have been said to you, like that are negative, that you can, that you're not good enough, that you're not successful. Esos inútil. And in Spanish, I think it says, que, sos, que son burros o burras, right? Or that you're dumb, that you're not smart, you're not patient enough. Or whatever it is that has been told to you. Or even the looks, sometimes you get looks from people, right? I want you to think of all of that. And I want you to put it in the hands of this big God that we have. This loving God. Put it in His hands. I want you to see. I want you to see even words that you have put in your in, on yourself, right? Don't accept those. Those are from the enemy. Those are not you. You do not put yourself down. It's the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. You are not an accuser. So do not accuse yourself. So you take those things right now in Jesus' name and you put them before God. And you see yourself physically just releasing them. Amen. So we did that on Friday. And that touched me so powerfully. And then God came to me and said, you know, when you've been the hungriest, it's like you surrender. And, and then I was like, yeah, like when I've been the hungriest, it's like I surrender to you. And then I started thinking about that. And I started thinking of all the times that God has like used me for like key situations or for just certain things that are like my testimony, you know, that I can share with you guys. And I remember things like when we used to be 
when we used to have the blessing of worshiping in the Kalmo, and we were outside, outdoors in the backyard, and they told us, you can't worship out here anymore because the neighbors are complaining, right? When I heard the news, I was probably going through one of those moments of like hunger, like, ah, God, I just wanted to bow the devil. You know, and just like, <laughs> and, and when I heard the bad news, like, I actually got happy, because I was like, oh yeah, it's on, you know? And, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you're gonna have a service inside. Then you're gonna fellowship. He even told me the menu that we were gonna eat. And to my delight, it was breakfast and eggs and bacon. And 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 I, and then we had a great service. Remember that delight? We called it delight in, in his presence. I think Dennis got healed of something because he had had a concussion and his head was hurting. Every morning when he would wake up, God healed. I think God healed the lower back on that day and he healed an ankle and a lot of people got baptized in the spirit on that day because God used me. I'm not boasting about myself. I'm just being bold and confident in what he has used me and believing that he will use me more. And in another Bible study, in another Bible study when I was going through this like craze phase of like healing, right, and just going after it, I called out Harpal Tunnel and we prayed for punch. Waldo prayed for Punch. Punch got healed. We prayed for Sylvia's arm. She couldn't hold a purse on her arm because uh, she had pain. And now she can hold a purse on her arm. And God healed her. Amen. Then we had Big Bear when we were putting Big Bear together. Kingdom of Heaven. Remember that? And then I think Pancho called it my brainchild the other day because we're going to go minister at another church and we're going to bring them sort of like the same theme. And he called it my brainchild, right? But that was God just like implanting that in my head or in my heart. And we went over that and gold fell yes. all over the place. And people had visions. And people, I saw people like preach, like Mario, Pancho, and Danny, and Tiffany. And like I saw people preach and like we all gave word and like prayer. And like, sure, we had like a vision, or she saw all of us like go up into heaven and like worship and praise, and it was insane, you know. And then the leadership leadership seminar that we just had was awesome. <laughs> During my teaching, I called out a few words of knowledge, and one of them was to Shirley, where I told her that she would something about visions. I don't remember it, but as Blue, I think, was describing what he saw while we were praying, while, while, while I was releasing those words of knowledge. He said that he saw, I think we just see like fire on Ceci's eyes, or on Shirley's eyes, sorry, Shirley's eyes. And during the next seminar, Shirley starts saying, oh my God, and we're like, what's wrong? And she says that she would put on her glasses and see blurry. She would take them off and she would see fine. And so God healed her vision. Amen? And so, let's go to my last verse, Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. Amen. And so it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God, this is the key part that I want you to pay attention to. This is how good God is. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. Jesus taught us to pray, ask, seek, and knock. He didn't just go tell us to go off on some dead end um, 
journey that would end nowhere. He told us, ask, seek, and knock. And in Hebrews 11.6, we see that, that God is so good that he wants to position himself as a rewarder. That he wants to reward your hunger. And he wants to reward your desires. And he wants to reward the act of faith that you do when you come before him. And so, I wrote this down because I was talking um, I was talking with my wife. And uh, I asked her, if you hear that somebody's going to preach about hunger for God, like, what do you expect to hear? And she said, to no possibilities. And when she said that, I was like, wow. I was like, I gotta tell some stories. And so, guys, when you hunger for God, it makes everything possible. Amen. I mean, really soak it in, guys. God has healed people in this place. He has delivered people in this place. Gold has fallen on people that didn't even go to that retreat. That we were calling people, and it was like spreading. And it was falling on people. People have been healed, and people will be healed. Amen. And we will see more signs and wonders. And we will see angels and feathers and gold and people's. I believe in God that my chipped tooth, when I got my wisdom teeth pulled, it chipped my tooth. I believe in that God's going to turn that tooth into a gold tooth, right? Come on. And I believe that I'm going to see like gold and feathers, and I'm going to see more people get healed. But it starts with surrender. It starts with just coming to God and believing that He is and that He is the rewarder. And in closing, why am I talking to you about hunger? I think last year, I don't know if I said it, maybe I only said it at the board member meeting, but I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to be honest. You know atmosphere is coming, right? The conference. How many of you can already feel the shift in here? Like, you can feel the shift in people, in like your, even in yourself, right? Okay. Last year, I felt the same thing too. And I asked, I asked myself a question, I don't know if I asked it last year when I taught, and I said, how do we sustain this? And my response was, we can't, because it's God. But the truth is, the way we sustain it is through constant surrender. It's through constant faith. It's through constant hunger for God and coming before Him and saying, God, I don't want to do this conference if you're not with me. I don't want to go to this retreat if you're not with me. I don't want to go to this job today, God, if you're not with me. I don't want to go to school today if you're not with me, God. I don't want to wake up today, God, and be a wife if you're not with me. I don't want to wake up and be a husband if you're not with me today, God. Because that's where it starts in the quiet, in the intimacy. And whatever God tells you in the quiet, you best believe you're going to shout it out. Because when you're hungry, you don't got to tell people about it. When you're hungry, it shows. Amen. And so, I wrote down a couple things. I want you to believe, and like I think Mario was saying a couple weeks ago, expect good things. Amen. Like I had a, same, a similar experience that he was talking about. I got a job, and I was thinking, oh, that means something bad is coming. I got a job, that means something bad is coming. This was like two years ago. And now, thank God, grace has completely eradicated that out of my mind and out of my heart. Amen. Now I expect good things from God. That's right. I don't want you, for you, sometimes, I do this, I've done this, where you just sit back, right? You sit back and life happens, right? And there are struggles, you know? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, when you have tribulations, it's not if, it's when you have tribulations. 
Life happens and struggles happen and bad news happens. But we have a big God. Amen. And sometimes we, we sit back and life happens to us. And um, we've been doing this devotional at home where we've been reading. And the devotional says, you're powerful, right? You're powerful, Amen. right? You're righteous, Amen. right? Your God is huge, right? He loves you, right, beyond any measure. So why do we always play the victim? Like, why is it that life, like, happens? Like, I don't want us to be the individuals that let life happen, right? Let's happen to life. Let's happen to other people. Let's be the individuals that, like, hunger before God. You know, and that just say, God, we want more, Lord. And we don't know exactly what it may be even, God. But we just know that there's more, and we desire more. And so I want you to arise and shine. And that can only happen if you hunger in the quiet. I'm asking you to have relationship. And this next week as we head into the conference, like I want you guys to get into your prayer room and just like pray and like worship and like ask God for words of knowledge. We've been encouraging you to ask for words of knowledge, to just believe God. And then on Friday when you come here at 7 to pray and the worship team leads and, and Cynthia gives that massively powerful word, we're going to encounter God, okay? We're going to encounter something awesome and something amazing. And then we're going to prepare for the retreat. And something awesome is going to happen again. I believe God. God, I believe you for signs and wonders, Lord. And I believe you for healing, Father God. And I believe you, God, for good things, Lord. And we expect good things, God. And so I'm telling you, like, a bunch of my stories, which is, I think, pretty cool, something that I've never actually done. Um... But I can't, I've heard this quote, it's like, I can't give you my history, um, like I can share my history, but you gotta go make your own history with God, you gotta go and make your own time with God so that one day you're gonna get up here, I'm gonna scare everybody, you're gonna get up here and you're gonna testify and you're gonna share and you're gonna be the one that's nervous there during opening prayer, <laughs> you know, um, I was nervous, I'm um, and so, one more story, and then I'm done. In one of my walks, I was walking, and, um, and I was coming around a corner, and God told me, um, say the kingdom of heaven is here. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I started, and I was like, kingdom of heaven is here. And I'm getting really good at talking and not moving my lips, so I look like a crazy person to people. <laughs> and I was walking and walking up, and then he was like, louder, come on, louder. It's like, the kingdom of heaven is here. Louder. The kingdom of heaven is here. Holy Spirit. Kingdom of heaven is here. And then I got to this tree, right? And we're like, I, I felt like nobody could see me. And I was like, the kingdom of heaven is here. And I got to the other side of the tree. The kingdom of heaven is here. <laughs> But I kept saying it as I'm walking down the neighborhood. It was a very Scott Thompson moment. Um, and, I'm, and I'm walking, and like, there's nobody around. It's like 7 in the morning. People are either at work or like eating Cheerios or something. They're not even paying attention to nobody. And so I'm like, it was for me. Because then he said, if the kingdom of heaven is here, then the king is here. Because kingdom means king's domain. And I was like, in that moment, like I was like, wow. Like I felt like... Everything became flammable, and I was the match, and he was about to provide the fire. Mm. You've ever put a match in a fire? You know what happens to it, right? <laughs> it lights up, except you're the kind of match that doesn't go out. 
and and as you walk with God, as you hunger with God, I'm going to give you like a little sneak peek. Stuff that's not so pretty is going to start to come up and surface to the top. And as I've been walking with God, like issues with like anger and like control and like and like just patience has started to surface. And as it surfaces in the grace and love of God. He's so gentle, I can point to it and I can say that, work in that. And as you work in that, I'm going to keep worshiping and I'm going to keep walking and I'm going to keep Amen. saying the kingdom of heaven is here, the kingdom of heaven is here. And so, God is a consuming fire, but we're made out of the same stuff He is. That's why when He comes upon you, He doesn't consume you and He doesn't kill you. He consumes you, but when fire and fire touch, it's like deep cries out to deep. And all the junk and all the ugliness does get consumed, but you don't. Amen. You just shine brighter. 